Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Also, follow us everywhere on social at DIY Money Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the video on YouTube. We've got some awesome bonus content there. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. So here we are on the 24th of February recording this episode, and I think it would be prudent to discuss what's happening in the world right now for our DIY investors. None of this is investment advice, but let's just report on the news. Unless you've been living under a rock, you know that Russia has invaded Ukraine, throwing the global markets into hysteria. This is, in my opinion, probably the first time that many newer investors have faced such challenges. They were getting involved in the depths of the pandemic, opening accounts. Most of that was stimulus money coming in. Entering into Robinhood, buying stocks and uh, stonks, let's call them, and uh, these stonks continue to go up forever. Now people are faced with the reality that that is not the case, seeing significant pressure on the markets. And I'm going to share just briefly what we're sharing with folks in our business, and that is take a deep breath. Don't panic. There's no reason to become alarmed, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your flight. By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? And remember that you should be investing for the very long term. And if you are younger, the irony of this situation is you are able now to buy equities or the market at lower prices. Things are on sale. One of the reasons we favor index investing, not only for its low cost, its passive nature, but you can rest assured that over time, new companies enter those index portfolios as old companies are removed. So let's say that in the next 10 or 15 or 20 years, we have a total new leadership group in the market. Maybe it's electric vehicles, maybe it's alternative energy, maybe it's space exploration, who knows? The reality is if those companies are making money, doing well and growing in size, they will be added to the index. It's one of the reasons I say to people that confidently over a long period of time, I am definitely in favor of a market rising. I feel that is going to be the case. Why? Again, because it might be filled with different stocks. So if you are a DIY investor, which I suspect most of you are, hopefully you're not panicking Hopefully you are looking at this more of an opportunity. I would encourage you not to change your strategies, not to make emotional decisions. It's a very slippery slope, especially at a young age. Finally, I'll leave you with this for all the people out there that have been patiently waiting to purchase an asset such as a home. My suspicion is you're going to see lower prices in the near future because I suspect they will follow the equity markets. Now, maybe that doesn't happen, uh, but my suspicion is it will, and therefore you will be rewarded for your patience. All right, I'm Good off bro that talk. soapbox. What's that? Good bro talk. Good bro talk. That was it. How are you doing, Daniel? Doing great. What do you think about this chaos and craziness in the world that's going on right now? Um. Yeah, chaos happens uh, as markets try to price things in. But uh, wait and see. See what happens. 
Yeah, don't change your plan. I mean, your financial plan is predicated on long-term averages, things like that. Uh, I'm not doing anything to my long-term retirement savings here. Uh, there's always going to be bumps in the investment uh, market roads. Um, my 401k is going to dollar cost average in at the next pay period, not change the allocation there, things of that nature. Uh, money that we have set aside to buy a house is not in the market because that's a you know less than five year goal. Uh, so you know we're living our life according to what we talk about here on DIY Money. Our short term money is safe in cash, ready for opportunity. Our long term money is invested in stuff that's going to do well over the long haul. I did some buying yesterday, uh, a day early it feels like now, uh, with some cash on the sidelines that had been sitting there waiting for better opportunities, Uh, not trying to quote time per se, but just being patient to allocate. Um, And I did put some money to work Uh, again, day early. It looks like that's painful or maybe multiple days early. It doesn't matter to me because again, the time horizon is long term. I want to leave you with this. We'll get into our question, I promise. But the entire purpose of the steps of DIY money is to weather the multitude of storms that may come into your life. Our last episode, we had a caller who literally talked about an unforeseen circumstance that wiped out fast cash emergency fund and put her in debt, something that she would never see coming. However, she had been on a trajectory. She had been on a disciplined path. Not only did she have some emergency fund, but she was able to recover and get back out of debt and move on very quickly. So these steps are paramount. I always find it fascinating when I talk to someone, especially a DIY money listener, and they're like, yeah, what do you think about us borrowing from our home and investing in the market? No. I, I No. I don't think that's it. Well, but Quint, doesn't that, you know, over time stocks go up and yada, yada. Well, here's the deal. When you, envir- when you enter an environment like this, and if you are not properly allocated with your fast cash, your emergency fund, uh, you know, your debt reduction strategy, getting rid of your credit cards, your auto loans, your student loans, and working on your house, and then investing discretionary money for building net worth, as long as you follow that plan, you will not be susceptible to the emotional decisions of, oh, we should have just paid off the car instead of investing that in our Robinhood account. Let's sell now and pay off what we can. That's how you make emotional and irrational decisions. All right, enough of that. Let's move on to our question today from Mike. Mike, what do you got? D-I-Y! Hey guys, my name is Mike from North Carolina. I've been listening to your podcast for about a year now, and I just wanted to say thank you for all the knowledge and insight you guys share, as well as how much I love the format and the energy of the show. Okay, so I have a personal finance question regarding wealth, which actually correlates to the motto of the show. The secret to wealth is very simple, live on less than you make, invest the rest, and do so for a very long time. I was wondering if you guys had some sort of goals or guidelines that would help someone know if they were on the right track or if they had to save or invest more. Obviously, everyone's wealth would be different because we all make different amounts of money and we're all different ages. But for instance, Fidelity suggests having the amount saved equal to your salary by the age of 30, and some other websites say twice your salary by 40, four times by 50, and so on. Do you guys think those numbers are okay, or is there some other income-to-wealth percentage you would recommend? Thank you, and I look forward to hearing your answers on the podcast. All right, Mike, uh, great question. I'm going to approach this in the way that I have handled this for myself, my family, and long-term views for younger people. Now, I will say, and I'm sure Daniel will discuss this, as you get closer 
to retirement, then you can hone in on these numbers and he might tell you exactly how to do that. But when I'm looking at a long-term trajectory from a younger person's perspective, what I'm trying to do is do some mathematics to recreate some sort of income stream. Let me take you through an example. Let's say, for instance, that in your future projections, you wanted an investment portfolio to kick off $100,000 in income per year, all right? Let's just say that whatever, for whatever reason, you estimate that that will carry you through retirement. Now, again, it's going to be important, and Daniel alluded to this probably, is things like inflation, uh, spending, debt reduction, all of those things go in. But let's just say you said, you know what, in 30 years... I want to be able to have a portfolio that that kicks off 100,000. Now, as you know in this in this podcast, we are not that big of fans of rules of thumb. I don't like necessarily the idea of saying, "Oh, one time, two times your income or this or that or whatever." But there are instances where you kind of have to use some assumptions to get you to a goal or projection. So in the event of trying to develop a portfolio or a net worth or an investment pool that generates $100,000 in income, I am going to use a percentage of 4% as a withdrawal rate to determine the amount I need in an account to get my $100,000 per year. Let me say that again because it can go right over people's heads. I'm going to use a 4% withdrawal rate in order to determine how much I need to have in my account if I want to take out $100,000 per year. So how do we get that? Well, got to go back to the math math classroom. 100,000 divided by 0.04. That gives you a total balance of 2.5 million dollars. So if you had $2.5 million by the time you retire, you could, at a 4% withdrawal rate, take out $100,000. Now, here's what you get into trouble. Am I saying that taking out 4% per year is the rule of thumb and that's going to carry you on to life expectancy and blah, blah, blah? No, I'm not. But I am saying that's a good way to project a long-term goal. So if you want to get to $2.5 million, what you have just figured out is the desired future value. Now, for the purpose of this podcast, it's impossible for me to take you through a time value of money calculation, time value of money, but that's exactly what it is. You are going to look at a few variables. Your present value. How much money do you have now? Is it zero? Is it what's in your 401k, your investment accounts, etc., your Roths? Well, add it all up. That's your present value. Again, could be zero. Maybe it's not. Hopefully, you have a starting value. That's your present value. Now, you have two variables. You know your present value. You know your future value. Now, how long do you need in order do you want to hit that goal? Well, are you 30 and you want to hit that goal by 65? That's 35 years. What if you're 35 or sorry, 30 and you want to hit it by 70? That's 40 years. What if you're 40 and you want to hit it by 60? That's 20 years. Obviously, I'm just doing simple math. That 
is your time or in the period, uh, or I'm sorry, in the calculation, it's typically denoted as periods. So the periods that it takes to get from the present value to the future value. So now we have three variables. We have present value, we have future value, we have the periods. The fourth variable we need, and this is a five-variable calculation, the fourth variable we need is interest. We are going to have to determine some interest rate that our money is going to grow to over time. Let's assume, just for giggles, 8%. Why 8% and not the 10 of the S&P? Because A, maybe you don't get the 10, maybe the markets aren't that favorable, or B, maybe you have some diversification, you have some bonds in there over time, 8%. If you're not comfortable with 8, use 6, use 7, doesn't matter. Just come up with a variable that's not too stretched for you in order to hit these goals. So again, we now have present value. We now have future value. We now have interest rate, and now we have periods. What are you solving for? You are solving for payments. You are solving for the payments. How much do you then need to contribute each period in order to hit your goal? Do that calculation, come up with that amount, and see is it realistic? You could literally do this calculation for anything you're trying to save for. I did this calculation for how much I wanted in an account for my kids. I wanted, by the time they were 18, $100,000 in an account. I worked backwards. How much did I have to put in starting every month when they start, when they were born to in, in order to hit that goal? And then you monitor the progress over time. So again, it's kind of a rule of thumb, but it's based in math, and it's a calculation you can use to help hit your goals and objectives. What say you, Daniel? Yes, try as you may, you just can't get away from mathematics. Well, you can't argue with the math. Can't argue with the math. That's really good. Yeah, I think uh, the rule of thumb that they're sort of referencing there is uh, based upon, you know, a well-allocated portfolio. And if you look at sort of... Uh, average investors, average portfolios, et cetera, that those balances that, that are being quoted in the rule of thumb uh, are really just average targets to hit to kind of get towards that safe withdrawal rate later on in retirement. So it's not bad, but all financial planning is really personal. And a lot of it is going to depend on your personal goals and so forth. Your salary may be significantly higher or significantly uh, less than what those targets uh, would really guide you to. So for instance, uh, if you have a significantly high salary right now, but you're willing to live a lifestyle later on in retirement that doesn't require that salary, then you could be saving a lot right now, retire early, etc. On the flip side, if you have a much lower salary right now, getting to one times your salary early in life might be uh, really easy, but may not fully fund your retirement down the road because of the lifestyle that you have and the goals that you have for retirement. So uh, the rules of thumbs are good places to start, but then you got to really fill in the color between the lines and, and create a plan that is personal to you. And you can do that through you know various online calculators. Eventually, as your plan uh, becomes more dynamic, eventually uh, engaging a certified financial planner is very helpful for most people to uh, factor in some of those things like inflation and, and healthcare and competing goals and time horizons and various things like that. But uh, generally speaking, good place to start, uh, but don't forget all of the details that go into it. Excellent. Now, let's just really quick, because I know we only have a few minutes and I didn't leave you much time, so I do apologize for that, Daniel. I'll just talk fast. <laughs> uh, well, they're already at one and a half speed, so don't do that. Awesome. Um, 
you know, okay, so that's great now in, in the 30s, um, and I don't know, maybe Mike's in his 40s, but as you get to your 50s and 60s and things start to kind of narrow in, a lot of people don't think about this at all, like Mike did. Uh, what do people then need to think about, and how do you construct plans? I mean, you're the CFP, you head our planning department, so when you look at it from a more um, you know granular point of view, and you look in and say, oh, this person has 10 years or 5 years, what are some of the variables then that you look into to make sure that they're going to not outlive their money. Yeah. If you're looking at five to 10 years out from retirement, at that point, we're really dialing in on goals. What is uh, uh, really the goal retirement look like for that person? And for some people, it's, it's really simple. And we get this a lot when we talk to various clients. clients. It's like, you know, my goals are pretty modest. I, I want to stop working and I want to continue to live the life I'm living. I don't have these ambitious, you know, traveling to the south of France every month type of goals, uh, etc. Uh, but just to maintain my lifestyle, do it in such a way that I, I don't outlive my money uh, and it's there. And so, but the first step is really dialing in those goals, having those different variables. It, it may sound arduous, but it's simple things like, well, how often do you replace your car? Uh, what kind of home do you own? And what type of maintenance is coming up in the next 5, 10, 20 years on that? What's your lifestyle? And, and what are some of the things that are going to be added to that when you retire and, and taken away? Once we have goals, that, that kind of creates your expenses. Uh, so it helps us back into that. Uh, and then we look at what is your uh, rate of return that you are comfortable with because uh, the rate of return lends itself to the risk level that we need to take. Uh, and what does that look like? And once we start to, those are basically all of the factors that you talked about in the present value calculation while adding on sort of the um, some of the qualitative, what does somebody want out of life? So we, we put all of those pieces together and, and really walk down that road with them. Fantastic. Um, Mike, I think the last thing I'll say to you, and it's apropos to the situation we find ourselves in now, once you set that trajectory, uh, don't change the strategy, right? Um, stick to your guns. Um, gosh, no pun intended there. Uh, stick to your objectives. Uh, you know, stick to your goals and, and be very careful in, in changing abruptly uh, the strategy that you're using to, to reach those goals. There are no shortcuts, uh, and, and those who to sort of seek those out often can be burned very easily. So uh, long and steady and slow and steady, and, and as you alluded to the tagline, uh, you know, invest for a very, very long time. Thanks so much for that question, Mike. Hopefully that helps. Uh, remember, all Mike did was send us an audio question to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org, and we'll send him a $25 Amazon gift card. Oh, Mike, I'm so excited. All right, friends, remember, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.